0: Hey, Inside The Mix podcast fans, it's Acacia Carr from the Mythic Rhythmic blog and creative studio. Check out my latest album, The Pretty Key, now available on Spotify and major music platforms worldwide. Follow me on Instagram at Acacia Carr, A-C-A-C-I-A-C-A-R-R to stay up to date with my music and art. Visit Mythic Rhythmic on MythicRhythmic.com and discover new indie electronic artists from Berlin to India to California in my monthly
1: blog. You are listening to the Inside the Mix podcast. Here's your host, Mark Matthews. Hello and welcome to the Inside the Mix podcast. I'm Mark Matthews, your host, musician, producer and mix and mastering engineer. You've come to the right place if you want to know more about your favorite synth music artists, music engineering and production, songwriting and the music industry. I've been writing, producing, mixing and mastering music for over 15 years and I want to share what I've learnt with you. Hey folks and welcome back to the Inside the Mix podcast and in this episode I am very excited to welcome our guest today, Russell Nash. He is a synthwave, retrowave artist hailing from the highlands of Scotland his style exudes 80s excess, bringing the sounds of yesteryear to contemporary audiences. And he's going to share with us his musical background, influences thoughts on the synth scene and the creative process behind the album Do or Die. Hi, Russell. Thanks for joining me. And how are you? not bad mark yourself i'm good thanks mate i'm good i've um i've got you on the podcast today from the highlands of scotland so i thought i'd indulge in a in a whiskey whilst we're talking um and i'm gonna i can't actually remember what whiskey it is that i've got that's really bad i just went in the cupboard and picked one out um yeah big thanks for joining me today so uh for the audience listener i've been chatting to russell for a while about music don't enough um and um for the audience listening again if you are well entrenched in the scene you'll probably see russell's name crop up a lot in synthwave surfers a really really good facebook community group that i am an advocate of and i think you should go and join because it's very supportive and a fantastic group and we're going to chat about that in a bit sure but what i'd like to sort of start off with russell is just a bit about your musical background so can you tell the audience about how it all started what inspired you to start writing and creating music when did it all begin
0: um i, I would say well there's this there's probably two. There's two beginnings. Um, it originally, originally began um, when I was at school. Um, I, I took up the violin when I was seven, but uh, I was absolutely gash at it. Um, I, I was woeful. Um, I think my my music teacher said that I was a walking disaster.
1: <laughs> Inspirational. <laughs>
0: yeah. And um, he he kind of more or less like kind of implied that I should just I should just kind of give up on music. Um, so I ended up I I chucked the violin and then I kind of I kind of ditched the whole music idea for until I was uh, I think about it was thir- thir- thirteen coming up for fourteen, um, and then when I was at um, when I was at high school there was a uh, this guy that kind of joined um, joined my year and he played guitar and me and him kind of get friendly and he showed me a few chords and it just it just kind of went from there. Um, I, I I guess like I, I had this mindset before that I don't know that that there were that not everybody could do music that you know you had to ha- you had to be Mozart yeah. you had to just do you know what I mean just mm-hmm. like sit down at a piano like for the first time and play a concerto or something um, and I, I I guess like meet, meeting this guy was just like the first time that just just an ordinary bloke was was pretty good at music and it kind of just it kind of gave me a bit of encouragement um, to. To, to take up the guitar and kind of get into music. And it kind of showed me that like, you know, anyone can do it if you basically just put the work in. So like that, that, that was where I got started. Um, and I mean, I I have to admit like part of the motivation as well was, you know, I was, I was a horny teenager and like, you know, I want, I wanted to score some chicks. So, <laughs> you know, I like think chicks, chicks, love guitars.
1: <laughs> yeah. Didn't think about the bass then. No, 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 not the bass. I'm not, not, not knocking bassists out there. They are very, very good and needed. Um, now, it's interesting you mentioned that because I had a similar experience when I was at school because I, I remember way back when and um, I wanted to, I didn't, they didn't actually let me play the instrument. I, I put myself forward or rather I sort of signed up and I wanted to play the saxophone and they just categorically like brick walled me and said no. So I didn't even get the chance like you with the violin. So that, that then I then picked up the guitar off the back of that because I had a neighbor who um, played guitar and I remember playing for about a year without of tune before sure. I realized that you needed to tune it. yeah really really bad but it's good isn't it when you realize actually you don't need to be an expert to actually start writing and creating music because i don't think i don't know correct me if i'm wrong but i don't think anyone's particularly nailed it and i don't think you ever do i don't know what you think
0: um i mean in 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 my opinion i I think that i think that certain people have more of a kind of innate kind of knack for it than Mm. others but but i would say that anybody can do it I think there's just different ways to approach it. Um, I mean, like I've, I've got a cousin who's tone deaf. Um, mm-hmm. but he's the, the way his mind works is very kind of mathematical. So he's kind of he's went away and went, you know, he's went balls deep into all the theory. And yeah. you know, I mean, he, he, he could probably tell you, you know, off the top of it, off the top of his head, how to create a, I don't know, a diminished seven, add nine plus 11 chord or some. Yeah, shite like that. Like I just made that up. I don't. I don't even know if that's a real chord But um, <laughs> but he's 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 heavy into all that kind of stuff. Um, and you know he's he's a pretty pretty competent musician. Whereas I, I guess I was more of a just kind of wing it kind of guy and like just kind of suck it and see. Because like I I didn't actually learn music theory until until later on. I was I was twenty eight before um, I, I I kind of get into the theory side of things. I mean I knew a little bit you know i i, I knew that i knew the very very basics um but i didn't know you know when 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 you say that somebody knows music theory you know like mm. um I, I i didn't know music theory i'd i'd always just kind of just kind of winged it and just if it sounded good it was good
1: yeah yeah i'm, I'm with you on that one and it's kind of in in a way it's, i think it also lends that sort of thought process lends itself quite well to like production and producing like I often I've said it to, to, to many people sort of like if it sounds good it is good like um, yeah. when it comes to production because you can binge binge produce you can binge edit and then I think also I very much like yourself when it came to playing guitar I, I didn't start learning theory well into probably my sixth or seventh year of playing guitar and even then I probably don't use a great deal of it now maybe the odd yeah. sort of like circle of fifth I might dive into when I'm songwriting <laughs> but that's about as far as it goes you know. But it's interesting you mentioned about, was it your cousin, you say, and yeah. being able to structure all that. So he's probably one of those individuals that could, without actually listening, create a piece of music yeah. and it sound correct, theory yeah. wise, yeah. without actually having listened to the music itself which is, which is an insane skill. One I'd love to have, but probably one I never will.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I used to teach guitar a little bit. Um, I don't really have time to do it anymore, but, um, I, I, I had a few students like kind of gone gone back quite a bit now. It was maybe, maybe like eight, ten years ago, and I mean, I don't know. I, I would I would always kind of say to them because like you know they, they they would kind of come to me with the same kind of the same kind of thoughts that I had when I when I was a lot younger, and I would always just kind of say to people that you know there's what's it Steve Davis used to say? You know there's more than one way to skin a of snooker a table, <laughs> 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 you know. Yeah, um, yeah there's you know there's 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 different angles that you can come at it from you know if you don't have a particularly good ear for it and like you know because I mean some some people are you know exceptional at you know they can just pick out a melody and then you know they can they can pick everything out by ear and um they're just very kind of tuned into it Um, and then there's other people that don't don't quite quite have that um that that skill that kind of innate skill but it's, it's something you can get better at, you know. I mean, you can train your ears, and like you can you can go, you can go down the, the the learning the theory route. So like that 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 was something I kind of I've i kind of tried to kind of drill into anybody who's maybe a bit apprehensive or you know kind of maybe a bit down in themselves and going mm. like you know like I just I'm just not a musical person, I can't do it. I mean, I th- I, th- I think just about anybody could do music if they really wanted to. I mean, there's just different routes, and some people might find it a little bit easier than than others, but I, th- I think i think anyone can get there if they put if they put the work in
1: yeah i totally agree i totally agree mate and um i'm probably one of those individuals who find it slightly more difficult than others it was one of one of the things i really had to work at um and work hard at to to um to succeed specifically playing guitar to the extent that i could be confident enough to perform live and actually record um yeah and it was tricky i had to put a lot of hours in I probably should put more hours in still but I, t- I totally agree. I think music is accessible to anyone. And I think with technology now as well, which we'll come on to a bit later with regards to your album as well, technology makes it even more accessible. The fact that you can yeah, have yeah. a whole studio setup up, um, as a lot of the audience probably know, and already have a studio setup in a in a 13-inch sort of laptop um, <laughs> and, and produce some amazing, amazing music without actually touching any hardware, which is which is incredible. But there are pros and cons to that, um, and it's one of those you can probably dedicate a whole podcast series to the to the digital digital versus analog comparison. But what I want to move on to next, Russell, is um, sort of like your your musical influences. So you touched on there; you played a bit of violin, played some guitar. Your yeah, your musical influences growing up. Was there a song, artist, um, or album that had a really sort of poignant effect and inspired you to write music?
0: Um, I mean, I think the first. I think the first, like, kind of, uh, album that really, really resonated with me was, um, it, it was, it was, a greatest hits cassette, um, by Buddy Holly that I found in my mum's car. Um, I had no idea what he looked like, you know, what, what era he was from. I, I, just, I just found the cassette and I just, I just, I just flung it on and I, I loved it. Um, and that, that was kind of, I'm trying to think. I think I was maybe about seven or something like that. And um, you know, I mean, I'd listened to music before that, but obviously, but that was the first time I'd I'd um, I'd listened to something, and it just you know, it really really struck a chord with me. Um, so like after after that, like you know, I got I'm not, I'm not so sure if 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 that inspired me like you know got me really fired up to like start creating my own music at that point. But mm. I, that was the kind of point where like I really took took a big interest in music, um, that de- definitely you know kind of a lot more so than before that, um, then I would have said that it was, pro- probably, probably a little bit later when yeah when I got into my teens my early teens, um, I started listening to a lot of um like pop punk bands oh yeah, um, I th- I think that was my kind of my kind of gateway into to kind of rock music yeah, and like, it was. Uh, it was a PlayStation game. I don't know if you remember MTV Snowboarding.
1: Uh, um, did I play MTV the, Snowboarding? I, I played. I played 1080 Snowboarding, but I don't think I played MTV. Um, it's, it's
0: basically just. It, it was like Tony Hawk, but with uh, with snowboards, and yeah. the, this the soundtrack was just like all artists from from kind of MTV at the time, um, and there was like a bunch of stuff on there, like I think NoFX and Blink One Eight Two, and oh yeah. All, 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 all that kind of stuff, and um, there the, there was this one song by blink One Eight Two that was um, that, don't leave me by blink One Eight Two. That's what it was, um, and I just I really loved that song, and like I said, I was kind of getting into playing a guitar at the time, and then yeah, that 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 kind of encouraged me to to kind of pick up and you know start um start kind of try to write my own stuff, um, and then. I, I guess my tastes kind of kind of evolved throughout my teens. Yeah. Um, like there was one period where I got like really really into heavy metal. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I was listening to like you know Megadeth and Metallica and Maiden and like all, all those kind of bands and um, I, I, I became one of those elitist pricks. But um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like if it wasn't heavy metal, then it was shit. Like yeah, you know, i oh, I, I didn't want to know. Yeah. Um, but like, I kind of, I kind of I grow out of it. Um, and then it was maybe when I get into my kind of mid to late teens that I, I really started getting into like uh, all the kind of classic hard rock stuff. Oh, yeah. And like Guns and Roses and, uh, Aerosmith and Alice Cooper and all that kind of stuff. And I, I would say that it was around that time that like my, my, my tastes kind of cemented a bit. Um, because like that, that that's probably even, even now. I mean, that's probably still my, favorite kind of music that 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 that's kind of that's my jam like the the kind of classic rock stuff and 80s kind of hard rock stuff um i think i, th- I think synthwave is, is probably the first genre that i've kind of come across in probably 20 years that's came close to you know not knocking knocking that off its perch oh wow um but uh yeah like that, that, that those were all my kind of influences like from kind of
1: growing up and throughout my teens and
0: We'll be right back.
1: So I've got a hunch about a common struggle we all face, mastering. If you're an independent artist or music producer, you've probably encountered the frustration of masters that just don't hit the mark, right? They lack balance and refuse to play nicely across different devices and environments. Ever found yourself wondering, why don't my masters sound like my references? Perhaps you've spent countless hours attempting to master your tracks only to be unsatisfied with the results. Maybe you've tried every silver bullet plugin or even dabbled in AI. Or perhaps you're already working with an engineer but you're eager to explore different possibilities. Well, here's the solution you've been searching for, synth music mastering. I'm offering a game-changing opportunity with a one-time free Test Master for a limited time. Picture elevating your music with my unwavering commitment to quality and a personalized touch that you just don't get with the big mastering studios. The best part, it won't cost you a penny. Just submit your finished mix and let's see how we can transform your music together. Don't let mastering be a mystery any longer. Say goodbye to the frustration and step into a world of sonic excellence. Grab your free Test Master now, click the link in the episode description, or head over to synthmusicmastering.com. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Once again, it's a it's a common theme, and I've seen it now mentioned a few times in in Facebook groups. And so, my I think my my experience was slightly around the other way in that I I had hard rock, and then I went to heavy metal, um, yeah. and then I'd probably come back to hard rock again. So all the bands you mentioned then, are well into it still listened to now. But then you you trans transition as it were, maybe not transition, but then you sort of move over or pivot into synthwave. Then there's so many artists that go down that route whether it's from hard rock, metal or punk or hardcore, some, fo- some form of hardcore or something along those lines. Yeah. Um, and then they find themselves in the synth scene, which is, which is incredible. And I still, I, I always ask the question to, to interviewees, it's like why they think it is. Um, and I don't, I don't know if there is a particular reason. There must be something musically that, I suppose you can get quite a heavy element, can't you, in, in synthwave, depending on, depending on your writing style. Yeah. Um, why do you think there is uh, like a, that that nice sort of pivot from rock metal to synth inspired music?
0: Um, I, I'm not really sure, um, and a bit. I, I do I do agree that it seems to be a kind of phenomenon mm-hmm. because I know I know a lot of people that um, have kind of made that same transition. I mean, like some some of my friends um, in the community, Von Von Hans mm-hmm. and um, Distant Reality. Like uh, these these guys are like kind of big, kind of hard rock, heavy metal kind of guys, um, and they've they've kind of made the, the the transition over as well. I'm 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 really not too sure. I mean, for me personally, I've always been a big '80s guy. Like, on th- I mean, on on top of all the kind of '80s hard rock stuff that, I, that you know that I listened to, I've I've always just been a fan of the like the the '80s in general. Like, like I I loved like old um all the old action movies, and I love Harold Ford. Uh, Harold Faltermeyer's music. Mm-hmm. I mean like the Beverly Hills cop soundtrack. I mean I, I just remember like see if you take away that soundtrack, that that is just an average buddy cop film. <laughs> but, yeah, I agree. Yeah. But with that soundtrack, it is just it's fucking iconic. It's just it 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 just it just lifts it like out of the kind of realms of mediocrity um, and, and into into like stone cold classic kind of territory. So like I I always loved loved that to begin with and i suppose as well i mean you know i mean i i i love bands like van halen and europe and you know i mean like they they, they used like oberheims and junos mm. and things like that in their music so i i suppose it wasn't that that big a jump for me like when when, when i look at a lot of the stuff i listen to even like some contemporary bands that are kind of emulating those 80s hard rock bands like um i don't know if you've ever heard of the uh, brother fire tribe no, I can't say I have. I'm, I'm I'm going to take a shot in the dark and guess that you know the band Nightwish. I do. Yep. the The guitar player from Nightwish, and I think it might be the drummer. The drummer from Nightwish. They they have a, a band that they do on the side. Okay. That is basically like a contemporary Europe slash 1984 Van Halen kind of
1: sound. Oh wow! That's a, that's a, that sounds like something I need to find. I need to go and check out.
0: <laughs> I'll, I'll 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 send you some links yeah, later. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's 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 absolutely fantastic. But like again, like they, you know, they're 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 using like all these kind of retro synths and stuff like that in their music. So so yeah, I suppose for me it wasn't that big a jump. Um, and I suppose as well, you know, I mean, music aside, um, I, I love the whole aesthetic of it. Um, yeah. There was there was just something about the '80s that um, I don't know. It, it just seemed like a better time, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. I mean, I, I know a lot of people look back with rose tinted glasses and. You know, we we yearn for 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 um you know a bygone era that
1: fuck all to do with us. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it's quite but... true, isn't it? When you put it that way, <laughs> I was I think I had I was I was born in eighty six, so I had four years in the eighties of which I can remember none of it. But yeah. yeah, I'd still say um like it's an era that I would love to live in, and um I think I pretty much echo what you said there. When now you mention it about bands using. Mm-hmm. Like synthesizers, like Jump um, Van Halen, when you got that the um the synth element with Eddie Van Halen playing it in there, for example, and that, now you mentioned it, I can you can kind of see and hear how it's quite an easy transition to go between the two, yeah, um, and yeah, and the aesthetics as well. Obviously, I mean, there's there's something about the eighties aesthetics that I've always liked, and it's always allured me, and and yeah. and the movies as well. I always go back to if I, if I ever need a film to watch, generally it ends up being something of that era
0: oh absolutely i mean i, I don't know do, 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 do you know do you know what i think i think it is um and i mean this, this this will sound like a really really strange criticism to have of modern cinema but it's too good um mm. like every, everything's so perfect like you know that but i don't know i i just think it lacks a bit of character i, I mean like you know the, the acting's amazing like you know they've all got these like amazing you kind know, of or, orchestral kind of scores but I, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm not saying that there's not good movies. I mean, I, I still think there's a lot of good movies coming out. But I don't know. Those those older films, I think they had to really, because of the limitations with like the technology. Like, I, th- I think they had to kind of try harder to like you know be like a, a kind of presence on the screen and mm. and I mean, the, you know, there was there was a lots of there was lots of folk back then that were just they were just entertaining to watch. I mean, they they weren't particularly good actors. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, like Schwarzenegger. I mean, you know. I mean, every film was just.
1: That, that's <laughs> the, the the very name... I mean, I'm a massive Arnie fan, and as soon as you mention that, that the first the first name he's... that springs to mind is Arnie, and like Dolph Lundgren as well, who not particularly the best actor.
0: No, um, they're but, fucking
1: what... atrocious, but, um, yeah, yeah. but but
0: but they were entertaining to watch, and, and and like Sean Connery. I mean, he's he's a prime example. I mean, <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, I mean uh, the Hunt for Red October. I mean that 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 was.
1: Have, have you seen that film? A very, very long. Like, it's a uh, uh, U. Is it a U-boat or is it a submarine?
0: Yeah, a submarine? yeah. He, he was a Soviet uh, submarine um, commander, but you know, he just he just plays Sean Connery in it. He's like, yeah, my name is Marcus Rabish. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd love to hear Sean Connery do a <laughs>
1: do a Russian accent. Well, he, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be so good. I, I need to go back and watch that film now. It's been years since I've seen it. Um, yeah, I'd no, love to you, hear that. You should watch it. It's, it's pretty fucking funny. <laughs> but it's interesting you mentioned that about the 80s films because I know for a fact, for every time I watch like a remake, I watch the remake of The Thing. This was a few years back oh. now, and I love the original. Yeah. And what I love most about the original and other films like this are like the prosthetics and the animatronics that they use, whereas the new ones um like, like you mentioned then they're, they're almost like too polished in the way that they use technology to create all these special effects and i'm just like uh, i'd rather it go back to the way and people start and go back to using like the animatronics and the prosthetics that they used way back when they might look a bit a bit corny every now and again but like you say that i just think it's better i just i just prefer it and i think um hopefully it will, it will come what goes around comes around you know and they start start going down that route again but i don't know who knows I'm not in the film industry. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I guess, I guess you've got like uh, characters like uh, Dwayne
0: Johnson and stuff like that that are kind of been cropping up in the past kind of ten years and kind of fill in that void at least a little bit. Yeah. Um, because I mean, The Rock's a shit actor, but I mean, but he's, he's fun to watch. And, yeah. You know, and like I, I think, I think that's what's missing from a lot of films as well. Like, I mean, a lot of the films in the eighties that they, they were just fun. Mm-hmm. They didn't they didn't take themselves too seriously whereas like a lot of the movies that are coming out now like um you know like the departed and In- was it inception
1: I mean, oh yeah oh god yeah yeah I, yeah,
0: mean, yeah I mean I mean I mean don't don't get me wrong they have their place and I mean I you know I I really I really enjoyed that film but I don't know some, sometimes you just want to like kick back and eat some pizza and you know just watch a film with absolutely no plot and you know a, a lot of murder and
1: like yeah yeah stick on um what was I thinking of then Commando? That'd be a good one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly Commando. Or Time you know, Cop it, with Van Damme. That's, that's that's more 90s, but still Time Cop is uh, is one film I need to watch that again. I haven't watched that in years. No,
0: and you know it's it's funny you should bring that up because I was I was actually pondering whether to watch that recently um, because I was kind of going through like my little list of, of uh you kind know, of old school films that I've not watched for a while and that, that was one of the ones I was thinking of watching so like maybe I'll need to do that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Van Damme had a sort of like a small, and then there was Hard Target as well. Oh man, I love Hard Target. That's a great film. Once again, go in the nineties, but still another. Van Damme was another one of those films, like Bloodsport. Oh, yeah, a lot yeah. of times I've seen Bloodsport, I've lost count, and Kickboxer.
0: What What was the one that he played? His twin, like it was, it was, oh, it was double um, double impact. Was that yeah, what it was? Yeah.
1: Was that with Dennis Rodman? No, th- th- there
0: was. I always get these mixed up. I can't remember. I think there was there was one that was uh, I think it was Double Team, and then there was oh, one yeah, was yeah. Double Impact. Yeah, yeah. Yep. One of them was with Danish Rodman, and the other one was he he played the role of himself and his twin. So like I, he. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I need to go back and watch that again. The idea of Van Dam acting to himself um, and Demoli- Demolition Man. Oh, is that oh, yeah, Stallone? Yeah. No, it is Demolition Man. I'm thinking no, that, no that, Universal that, Soldier. That's what I'm thinking of yeah 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 yeah. universal soldier oh man oh I, i'm totally digressing now i do this uh, i can go i could talk <laughs> about those films <laughs> for days um but what i want to do now um because I'm, I'm aware of time i don't want to keep you too long is move on to like your your sort of music now sure so you're releasing synth wave synth inspired music yeah um so we've gone down the journey of, of rock metal punk um yeah and we've sort of spoken about the eighties influence. But was there like a pivotal moment when you thought, you know what, I'm gonna give this synth synth music a try now? What what sort of tipped you over the edge to to move into that era not era, genre rather? Um
0: it's probably like a kind of two-tiered answer. Um I, I was I was in a band um about maybe about eight years ago now. Like was it was, it was a little while ago. So, so seven or eight years ago. And um the bass player like in the band was like a kind of fellow kind of 80s kind of aficionado and um, and after after that band split up he went on and he started a little kind of synthwave uh, project um it's, it's called cage uh, cage with a k Um, you should check his stuff out it's pretty, it's pretty good I'll make um, but yeah anyway like um I, I i remember him sending me his album and i thought oh, this, is, this is kind of cool like um i, th- I think i think before that point it, it hadn't even occurred to me that I could make music that sounded like old eighties films on, you know, on, 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 my laptop. Like the thought hadn't, I guess it just never crossed my mind. Um, so that like that, that was, I think what kind of got like the, you know, the cogs turning. Um, and then I would say maybe about a year after that, um, I had a little bash at a, an eighties track. Um, it's, it's still online actually. Um, it's, it's, it's like un, un, under my real name, um, and andy mctaggart Um it's still a, I, I think it's still on should should still be on soundcloud but um yeah so like i, I kind of threw together a track um it's uh awful well the the, the mix is terrible like because i i didn't know anything i didn't know anything about production when, when i made that i just kind of threw it all together and i think i think the only thing i knew was what high pass filter was and yeah that's that's basically all the uh all the mixing that's, that's on it just a few a few balance levels and a few high pass filters and that's it but um yeah i made that track and then i just kind of that was it you know i didn't i didn't really give it much much thought again for like another year or two and it wasn't until i was i was over at my brother's a night and, and my brother has a a channel on youtube it's called neon ether um and it's uh yeah, it's, 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 it's a synthwave uh, youtube channel and i was over at his one night and um we were just kind of having a couple of beers and you know we'd, we would usually put some music on and he just fired on like a couple of tunes and then i was just like what the fuck is this this is this is mm. like the best uh, I've, I've i've heard in years um and it was uh, i think i think it was meteors on Un- pa- parallel lives that's it meteor uh, pa- parallel lives album and um paladin matter and i just absolutely fucking loved it um and then i'm trying to think yeah robert parker like um, michael weber mm-hmm. you know we, we we ended up like going through like all the, all these albums mm-hmm. and I, I just absolutely loved it like uh, you know i was i don't i don't think I'd, I, I'd ever been like captivated like that like since since like you know the first time i heard appetite for destruction or something like that yeah and um, you know I, you know i mean you know i I've, I've heard some albums over the years that i thought you know this 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 is a pretty cool album and you know i you know like i'll check that out but like the, the i think this was the first time in a long time that i was kind of got that feeling like um I, I don't know if you can relate to this but when i was in my teens like every new album i heard was just like the best shit i ever heard mm-hmm. and then you just kind of reach a point that you've heard it all and yeah you know some someone'll send you a new album and you go like yes yeah, you know it's good but like i don't i don't really give a shit and like um, you you just kind of get to that point and I think that 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 was literally the first time in about probably about fifteen years that I'd heard something new that got me really really kind of hyped up and excited so I kinda I think that was the kind of point for me where I was just like you know i I, I want to give this a bash like I, I, I really want to give this a go and like see see if I can maybe put together uh put together like a few tunes like this. And I think it was about a month after that that I wrote the first track for the the album, which was uh, Phoenix.
1: Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? It's um, I I very much went through a similar thing, and I suppose I suppose a lot of artists do as well. Actually, thinking back to it now, whereby you're around your mates and they're playing a few beer, playing a few beers, you <laughs> might be playing beer pong I do that every now and again. <laughs> but you're you're what you're um playing some music, and then they play you something, and like because I had that similar thing. A friend of mine, um, was, we were having some drinks and whatnot, and he's like, um, and he knew I was into. Uh, obviously he was a metalhead and whatnot and he was an old band mate and he and he knew i was into sort of synthesizer stuff but hadn't really done anything with it and then sure. he played me uh played me a gunship track and then um i think it was like tech Noir or something like that it sounds all quite cliched now when you mention gunship gunship are amazing but and i remember listening to it and i was thinking actually like like you i was like um i've got a laptop and i've got all this access this all this music is accessible to me so well why don't yeah. i just give it a go and i think Echoing what you said there about being—I mean, I, I was—I li- was buying new albums, or probably at this point actually streaming new albums—and nothing was really. I was kind of listening to them, going, kind of like yeah, that. Sort of, it's it's good, it's great, and I love listening to it. But it's not—it's not breaking the mold. And yeah. then it's when I found that synth element, and I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to move into that. And I think it'd be interesting to know whether it, maybe I'll start a poll or something online and see how many people <laughs> followed that similar suit. Where they just got bored of what they were listening to. And then I yeah. just found, you know what, synth way and synth music. I think I, this is a conversation I had a while back with Herman from the Future Kids. And he mentioned about all oh, the It's like the trifecta where you've got all these. You've got the, I can't remember what the third one is now. You've got the music. You've got the aesthetics. And there's one more. And I can't remember what he said it was. But it all comes together. And it melds quite nicely. And it just attracts yeah. so many people in. And, yeah, the community is amazing as well, which is sort of what I wanted to touch on next. So, mm-hmm. like... For the audience listening, if you're, if, once again, going back to what I said at the beginning, if you're well entrenched in the synthwave community, you'll know Russell's name because it pops up a lot. And you're a strong supporter and advocate of, a, of the synthwave scene, which is amazing. You, like, you're, you're ever-present online, and it's incredible. And you've got this really great group, Synthwave Surface. So I'm going to put a link to it in the, in the podcast notes. So I strongly advise the, the audience listening to go and join that group because there's some sure. incredible musicians and artists in there and join that group and check out the music. Let's take a quick break from this episode so that I can tell you about a free resource that I made for you. It's a PDF checklist that describes what you need to do to properly prepare a mix for mastering. So you've done the hard work and you love your mix, yet suitably preparing a mix for mastering is often overlooked by musicians, resulting in delayed sessions, excessive back-and-forth conversation, and frustration on both parts. I want to help fix that. So if you want this free resource, just go to www.synthmusicmastering.com as this checklist will help and guide you to make the mastering process as smooth, transparent, and exciting as possible. So again, the URL is www.synthmusicmastering.com for this free preparing a mix for mastering checklist. Let's get back to the episode. But what are your thoughts on the scene? How, in comparison to the one... That you were in previously so you mentioned you were in a band are there sort of like parallels between the the rock and metal scene and the synthwave scene or what differences do you think there are um,
0: i mean one one thing that i've one thing that i've personally found and I, I don't know if it's something to do with like the different kind of demographics because i know that obviously most of the people that are kind of like caught up in the synthwave scene are usually at least in their 30s um or may- maybe even a little bit older um you know because I'm, I'm i'm 35 myself um you know i'm getting 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 on a bit
1: yeah great hair <laughs> yeah 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 <I've> <laughs> yeah
0: but um i don't know I, I for me i mean i mean don't get me wrong i mean like i, I had some great times like gigging and and, and being a part of like the kind of rock and metal community and you know i made some great friends and you know i've I, 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 you know you know uh, connected with a lot of really really great people um but i don't know for for me i i found the the place communities more what's the right word for it it's
1: more um i think it's more welcoming just to jump in yeah one thing yeah. i would say is having come from a live scene live music is i know what it's like when you're gigging and
0: i, I think yeah. the, the the rock and metal scene i think it's more tribal yeah um yeah. Whereas, yeah, like I mean, I, I think yeah, welcoming probably is is, is a pretty pretty good uh, a pretty good word for it. Um, because I you know I I immediately kind of found that um you know when I joined this, I mean I mean like you know I mean you you remember obviously when I try to think it was maybe what about eight nine months ago that I started talking to you and
1: yeah about that pre um, I, Christmas wasn't it?
0: I think I think it was, it was something like that. Mm. Um, and you know like I I knew fuck all back then <laughs> like. <laughs> Because I mean, yeah. Because you know, cause, you know f- for me, I mean, like I've I've been a mu- musician for a long time, I and mean, I've been a musician for twenty-one years. But um, you know, I, I I literally as as, as a producer, um, I, I started from scratch about roughly about this time last year. Um, you know, I mean, like yeah. Before, you know, I mean, be- before I kind of started on this journey. I mean, like like I said, I knew I'm, I knew how to high pass in a and you had to pan things and balance levels and that yeah. was it. Like I didn't I, I didn't know anything else. Like so, I, I was I was kind of starting from like you know grand zero. Um and yeah, like so th- there was a lot of folk like yourself and, and just, you know, grips and stuff like that and you know, I was I was that annoying guy asking all, all the <laughs> all the questions that everybody's been asked like a, a million times and you know, everybody was really patient and everybody you know, it was really, it was really, uh, really supportive and, you know, um, really, really kind of encouraging and stuff. So, I mean, that, that, that was definitely kind of different. Um, and I don't know, like, I, I, I mean, obviously there is a little bit of, you know, like toxicity and, you know, the, the, there's a yeah. little bit of tribalism, but I think to a much lesser extent because, I mean, I, I used to be in a lot of like, you know, hard met, you know, hard, hard rock and metal groups, but, you know, I ended up leaving a lot of them because I just get so fucking fed up because they would spend more time talking about about why why Justin Bieber was a prick mm-hmm. than you know actually just talking about you know the bands that they enjoyed. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, I remember being in this one group. I don't even remember what it was called, but I actually just made it my mission to just troll them. Um, mm-hmm. Every time they put up like a you know like a a post about Justin Bieber, I, I would just. You know, imply that you know they must be fucking wet for him because that's all they fucking talk about, and then they be
1: really upset with me. <laughs> yeah, I well, know what you mean. Though it does make sense. Like, if you if you talk about them that much, there must be some sort of like Freudian <laughs> um, something Freudian going on there. You know. So, um,
0: yeah, like, and 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 there was very very much this kind of, I don't know, like you know, Metallica is the best band of all time, and if you disagree, then fuck you. Mm. Or, like, uh, Iron Maiden's the greatest band of all time, and if you disagree, fuck you. And, you know, like, I don't know, I, I just, I just can't be bothered with that. And th- it, there definitely seems to be less of that in the synth community. Like, it, people seem to be, I don't know, people seem to kind of, like, cheer you on more, and, like, people are able to kind of, you know, for, for the most part, from, from what I've seen anyway, like, you know, they can post about their favorite bands without, without that same kind of,
1: that same kind of tribalism. Mm. um that, that that's been my experience anyway yeah i would agree i think the support is is amazing like yourself um like sorry like you said there if you if you started like your production journey sort of nine months ago i think the support that you get from other artists is amazing like and just bouncing ideas back and forth i do it all the time there's like a select i say a select few There's, there's someone new i think every month i talk to i end up bouncing a track to them and saying hey what do you think of this and it's yeah. amazing, you know, and it helps you progress as an artist and as a creative. And I think, particularly as well, at the because you've got your big players in the synth synth scene, and everybody knows who the who the big players are and stuff. Yeah, um, and obviously, the I think the bigger you are, the more, I don't know, the, maybe the more your work is analysed and cri- criticised for one of a better way of putting it, I guess. And yeah. you, you're there to be for people to to write and talk about. But I think at the at the more independent level, the support is amazing. I've never known, because I was in a band for years, and I've never known a, a, um, a scene whereby I've got so many people sharing my music and like vice versa as well. I've never yeah. known anything like it. Like You put a song out and it's just shared by so many different people and so many people, more people commenting on it, and I've never known anything like it, and it's amazing. It's a um, testament to, to the artists and the support that you get. Incredible stuff and um thoroughly enjoyable as well and i don't know about you but i'm finding like new artists every week someone some some new song or artists will pop up on a synth on like a playlist on spotify or just in a group and i'm just like where has this come from this is insanely good you know this is amazing which is a great thing yeah no no
0: absolutely man i mean like um i I think i'm gonna end up fucking bankrupted um you know if i if i I keep finding new artists on band camp uh, Mm um i I had to really restrain myself on friday because i'm Broadcast bitch at the moment, um, <laughs> but I, t- I tried to at least get a couple, couple in. <laughs> yeah, uh, good old
1: Bank Camp Fridays—they're brilliant, aren't they?
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. Was, was that the last one? Like, uh, I I, I can't seem to get any kind of concrete kind of confirmation on
1: that. Really? I don't know. I hadn't heard it was going to be the last one. What this it's, year or? I, I don't know because uh, on the the Bank Camp like yeah blog post about it, like
0: they they said that they were doing it up to that they were definitely doing it up till the, the, the 6th of May, but they never actually clarified whether interesting they were going to do one in uh, June. Been,
1: it was bought, wasn't it? Who who bought Bandcamp?
0: Uh, it was Epic. Epic bought them. Epic Games.
1: Yeah, something like that. I'm not saying the two. There's a correlation between the two there, but interesting. No, I wasn't aware of that. That would be a real shame if they got rid of that. Yeah. A yeah, real shame. Yeah, No. I'd,
0: I'd, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I definitely, um, I'm stumbling across new stuff all the time. SoundCloud, I find, is a really, really good place to find artists. I've found so many, like, really, really fantastic artists on SoundCloud. Um,
1: yeah, I don't give it... I need to give SoundCloud more time. I put demos up on there, but... Um, I, sort I, mean, of, it's, I Sorry, go on, mate.
0: I was just going to say, it's, it's, it's dreadful for, you know, make, making any money off, off of your stuff. Mm um I, I just get my uh i just get my first uh, payout um five <laughs> <laughs> for five dollars five five dollars i'm just gonna do, do my, my little fucking flex now yeah yeah <laughs> five five uh, yeah. dollars for eleven thousand streams
1: oh it's hideous isn't it um
0: so yeah i i i don't think i can recommend it um <laughs> as, as, as an artist um mm. for, for, for somewhere to you kind know, of actually make any money off your music but um it's, uh, no, it's, it's a good place to kind of put tracks up and just kind of, I, I guess, kind of get the word out and for having having a little browse and, you know, for finding new artists to listen to. Because usually what I'll do is if, if I find a new artist that I like on SoundCloud, I'll usually go and then find a bank and add it to my wish list or whatever. Mm. Um, so I, I, I guess I kind of use, I kind of use uh, SoundCloud the same way that I use HMV. Um, <laughs> I yeah. yeah. I go to HMV to find uh, find CDs that I want to buy online.
1: Yeah, yeah. I can't remember the last time I bought a CD. I bought a vinyl recently, but I, I cannot remember the last time I bought a CD. Man, it must be years ago. Are you into cassettes? Do you buy cassettes? No. Um, I think I know. I know that's blasphemous. In this this uh, this. No, I, I haven't bought any either. So I'm am I'm, I'm I'm the same.
0: No, it's it's. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's 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 kind of neat. Um, like I I understand the appeal. But um for me personally like um like, nah. It's just it's just not for me. Um I'm I'm, yeah. I'm happy enough with uh, with my with my digital uh collection.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I contemplated it. I've got a I've got a cassette DAC somewhere and I need to fix it. But um yeah, I think I th- yeah, I contemplated it. And then I thought, actually, I mean, I know what I'll do. I'll buy loads. And then they'll just get put put in a box and put in the attic. But yeah, more for yeah. everybody who buys them and who loves them it's great. But, um, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sort of with you on that one. So um, I'm well aware of time here. I'm digressing as usual. Um, what I want to touch on now is your, your debut album. Sure. It's a do or die. Can you tell us, tell our audience a bit about the release itself? Thank you for the credit as well. on so Bandcamp, you, you gave me a <laughs> shout out, which is, which is uh, most nice. appreciated. Thanks, man. No, I um. mean, I,
0: I, absolutely, man. I mean, like uh, anyone that you know was patient enough to, like, <laughs> fucking fit up with like me asking a million questions. Like, I uh, <laughs> thought I thought it was only fair they get a shout out. Um, that
1: is, it's the only way to learn, though, isn't it? I mean, asking questions, you know, and yeah. um, it's, it's the way forward. So, what what can our audience sort of expect from Do or Die? Um, give us like a, a a summary of the of the album itself. What can they expect?
0: Um, I'm trying to remember, like a. Uh, some, some, someone else asked that a while ago and i, I think the let, let me try to remember what it was i said i think it's like it's like harold Faltermeyer jamming with europe in the 80s
1: um, that's good. If, if that's not enough to draw you in I, I suggest you go and listen um at the end of this episode obviously i'll put i'll put links to that um to your bank account and whatnot in the show notes so uh, do go and check it out and then it'd be interesting comment on comment somewhere Instagram, wherever it may be, and see if you agree with that description, uh, or I'll come up with the description <laughs> yourself as well. But yeah, carry on, man. I interrupted you there. <laughs> no,
0: no, it's alright. It's alright. Yeah. So, like, I, I, I guess I, you know, I tried to pull in a little bit of like my kind of hard rock influences, and I think, um, I, th- I think that's where my kind of drum sound comes from because, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll be, I'll be perfectly honest with you, and I like hand in my heart, I like uh, genuinely, um. Before I released any of my tracks, I thought my drums were pretty mediocre. Um, just kind of you know par for the course. But like I I, I get questions about it all the time. Um, but it's genuinely just it's just like kind hard rock beats, but with you know hard rock beats and fills, but with like retro uh, drum machines. That's 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 basically that's that's the big secret. <laughs> like this um, that's all it is really. Um, so I I guess I've kind of incorporated a little bit of that and in, in, into my sound, you know, obviously through through like a few guitars in there as well, and then I suppose I've kind of you know channeled my my inner Fultemeyer over 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 the uh, over the top of that, and that's that's kind of I think that's a, a reasonably good description of uh, the kind <laughs> of the sound that I've kind of put together.
1: That sounds really good, mate. I think your drums are uh, your, your drums are banging on there as well. So it drums. Like particularly, I had this conversation with Tim, Isle Nine, um, a few weeks back, and it's the classic like snare and toms um, that are the, the the this. I have to go into like the minutest detail with those, and I just get hung up on them for ages. So anybody who nails the sound of drums, um, hats off to you, man, because it's something I sit there and it's probably what holds my releases up the most. Um, so it kind of leads on nicely to my next question, which is about your songwriting and like compositional process. Sure. when you're in the in the creative zone how does that start how do you start a track i mean is it the same every time or does it does um, it like when inspiration strikes you just it, go with whatever you know
0: yeah like you know it it kind of it kind of varies um i'm i'm kind of I'm, I'm having a bit of a drought at the moment um like i mean I, I know i released a few tracks yesterday but um i had to really really grind to get those done because i've just not been in that you know headspace recently um but i mean some sometimes like I'd, you know inspirational just stripe. i mean like i mean like, like my probably my, my most popular uh track and um, last chance i mean i got the idea for that like when i when i was in the middle of a piss and um, like not 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 a word of a lie like, um, <laughs> like <laughs> you know i i i just the idea of just like having this like driving bassline and and like yeah you know like a like you kind of hard hitting drums like start of the track like just just popped into my head and I just you know just had to quickly kind of shake myself off and you know make a beeline for the for for the PC to, to get the idea down before I forgot it and.
1: I was going to ask them, was it like it's, it's probably quite crude for the audience listening now I, I thought it was like you're taking a piss, and it was the sound of that was like influencing the baseline of it like hitting the hitting the to, hitting the enamel of the toilet no, no, no like yeah oh, all uh, right that'd no, be creative, I'd, man. Sample that and then get it in as a baseline that'd be insane
0: no, just like um ideas just pop into my head sometimes and. I, I I guess some tracks just kind of write themselves, and then just like like I said, other times, um, other times I'll I'll get like a like a drought, and um, I just won't be in that headspace, and like you know I'll I'll have to really kind of grind it out. But um, no, it, it varies, man. I mean, like some sometimes I'll start with you know with a, with a drum beat, sometimes it'll be a bass line, sometimes it'll be a chord progression, sometimes it'll be a you know a melody. Like it it, it genuinely does seem to to kind of vary. I think I think recently I've noticed that like yeah pro- probably probably more so than than the others it like a lot of the time it seems to start with a bass line, hmm. like I'll I'll, I'll I'll kind of came up with a like a a, fun- a funky little bass line and then I'll kind of build the track around that.
1: It's interesting. Do you, when you say bass line, do you mean like um like a synth bass or an actual bass guitar? Um no, just just will just
0: pop into my head because like i i don't i don't know if i'm the only person crazy person that does this but some sometimes an idea will pop into my head and i'll just like whip my phone out and i'll just like hum like i'll just record and like hum hum like the melody or like the bass line or like the drum pattern like and into my phone just so i don't forget it and then i'll come back to it later um and then like no
1: i was gonna say i do that i do that i've probably got a catalog of random shit on my <laughs> phone um it doesn't really like really off-key ramblings but yeah. to me it makes sense some you know it's interesting i think when it comes to inspiration because i'm very much the same i go through peaks and troughs when it comes to writing and um i often find that to get inspiration sometimes i have to i don't know do you do you sample libraries at all in your stuff uh you to some, delve into that realm some yeah yeah so sometimes I'll, i might listen I, I use splice if i ever go into that i was looking yeah. i was digging around there the other day for some some car sounds um, and I noticed you on your, you released a track yesterday, didn't you? Speed Demon. And I heard yeah. some, uh, Ace track, by the way, and I heard some, um, some pretty cool sort of like diegetic sort of car sounds in there, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, sometimes I get influenced just by, I have to find like a loop or something and then just doctor it slightly and I go from there. But what I've noticed uh, of late is as well on in Synthwave Surface, you post a lot about um, plugins and you're sure. finding all these, uh, these free plugins. Where, where, where do you find all these? I've got, I've got to ask, is that just you just digging around the internet or? You've got another source.
0: <laughs> you know, like, I'm Scottish, so I mean, you know, we we, we like a bargain. <laughs> no, like um, when it, when I when I started out, um, I didn't I didn't really have a lot of money to spend on plugins, like right back at the beginning, and plus plus like you know I I didn't really want to spend a fortune if I didn't really know if I was gonna you know get balls deep mm. into this. Yeah. So um, I, I think for a good like two months like i think i scoured like every corner of the internet to, to find all the the best kind of free plugins and all the the best kind of plug-in deal sites and i signed up for like multiple uh, newsletters from you know like you know like audio plugin deals and the plugin guy and like you know all, all, all that kind of stuff so um and i joined a few like bargain groups on facebook uh facebook as well so, yeah, like I, I, a lot of the time I'm just going to get hit with, uh, like, you know, emails about like, you know, various deals or mm. notifications or whatever. Um, but yeah, and I, and I mean, sometimes, you know, I, I do regularly just like you kind know, of, you know, make, make the rounds. Um, and, and like check, check, check back to a lot of these sites just to see if they've got anything good going on. Um, and then, you know, if, if I see something that I think that, you know, other people might get might get some of you set off i usually just
1: kind of slap it in the grip um because so my sorry but my question to you then would be what is the, the like the best or the most used maybe maybe a better way of putting it free plugin that you have in your arsenal the
0: most used one that's a good question
1: um yeah so i'll put you on the spot there a bit man. i should have warned you about that one
0: <laughs> there's a there's a lin plugin that i use quite a lot and um, i think it's a I think it's called the jm1 um, the jm1
1: all right i'm gonna make a note of this. i
0: think I, th- I think i think it's called that like um it's uh it's, it's it's quite it's quite an old plugin now but it's it's um it's got some really really nice sounds in it Um, so like i i use that for like all my like my cowbells and my claps and stuff like that like um i've, I've, I've yet to find anything you know that sounds nice in, in my opinion that, that, that yeah. sounds nicer for that like uh that old you kind know, of like saltemeyer kind of like 80s kind of 80s kind of sound so that yeah that 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 one gets a lot of use Satala is, is another one that i use quite a lot that's uh so sort of like a plug where you can like load in your samples
1: okay well like a sample is it a sample editor then
0: um yeah you can you can you can edit it a little bit but it's um i'll, I'll use that for a lot of my drum sounds like um so, oh, okay. so that i can kind of put them all in one place yeah um and the uh, in terms of sense, probably the PG-8X. I, I use that one a lot. 8 X. Um, yeah, that one's that one's really nice. To to, to be perfectly honest with you, like yeah, that one's probably probably as good as some some you know plugins that I've, you know paid a decent amount of money for. I think I think I think the guy developed that's pretty generous giving it away for nothing.
1: It's amazing, isn't it? Some of the freebies, the free software that's out there, what you can do with it and yeah. stock plugins as well um I'm, I'm a big advocate of i don't know what daw you use but i use uh, logic i used to use pro tools but when i moved away from the recording side of things more into production i moved into logic but even like logic some of the stock stuff some of the stock plugins you get in logic yeah um, are amazing and i know occasionally i'll come across someone who will turn the nose up a bit about using stock plugins but i don't think there's anything wrong with it in the slightest you know i've had conversations with individuals who still produce and Actually, there was one interview I did. I can't remember the producer, and he produces all his track using an iPad, and they sound amazing. Um, and I think, I think, what's the classic analogy? It's a, a workman and tools, isn't it? It's, a, it's how yeah. you use the tool rather than the tool itself. But some of the free stuff is amazing, and yeah, um, no, very much like yourself, I try, try and keep my costs down, but at the same time not to negate the quality. And I think there's so much, so many, so many good things out there. But my my next question to you is going to be about sort of like your synth sound itself do you so this is paid um or free what what is your go-to sort of synthesizer your go-to vst um, when it comes to your songwriting
0: um see <laughs> like after, after after i decided that i was in this for the long haul like I, I bought quite a lot of stuff over like a kind of six month period so like my, yeah. my plugin in folder's pretty pretty bursting but i think i've kind of like i've, I've whittled it down to like i kind of like a kind of core like kind of five or six plugins that i use in most tracks and then i've got like a bunch of other kind of like synths that i i, I like to call like my my spice rack um it's <laughs> a great way of putting it i like that so so yeah like um and um, by tone two like mm-hmm. that's uh, that's one that i use on almost every track and that, that that's like a really nice kind of i guess it's like a cost-effective alternative to diva and um, mm. It's like half the price, but it's um, really, really fucking good. Um, like, you know, the, the, the sound quality is probably, probably just about on a par. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I use that for like a lot of kind of like pad sounds and stuff and like uh, bell sounds. And I used it for like the, the, lead, the lead synth on the, the title track, Do or Die. Um, I, I, I used it on that. Um, so I, I use that one a lot. Um, I use Anna too. A lot for uh bass sounds.
1: Yeah, I'm a big, big fan of Anna 2. I use that a yeah. lot as well.
0: I think I think yeah, I think Anna 2 is i mean it's it's good for everything, but I, th- mm. I think it's especially good for um for bass sounds. Um the uh the DCO uh one, DCO 106 by Cherry Audio. Mm. Um I use that for quite a lot of stuff. Um I know that there's more accurate emulations out there. Um, you know, for for uh, for Junos, but I don't know. There's just something about that one. I I just find it really, really quick and easy to get a nice sound out of it, and to just kind of to get going. Um, because I, I've I've I eventually picked up the Model Eighty Four in a, a sale, and I mean, don't get me wrong, it's it's um it's it's, it's a really nice plugin, um, and the the interf- interface is beautiful, um, and I mean the 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 sounds out of it are incredible, but I don't know. I, I find it less kind of user friendly. And mm. for that reason, I, I find myself gravitating towards the, the, the cherry audio one more. Um, just, just, just because it's like so easy to get like a, a nice sound out of it, like really quickly. And then that just kind of gets the ideas flowing. And I don't know. I mean, I, I know a lot of people will probably, probably, uh, vehemently <laughs> disagree with me, but I think, I think that once it's all like mixed and it's like sitting in the track, like, um, it's, it's, it's quite difficult to tell the difference anyway like at the end of the day i think you can get very similar results with just 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 about any um just about any plugin if you if, if, if you mix it well
1: yeah i would i would i would tend to agree on that i think going back to what you said there about emulations i think there are because the, you could have your classic synthesizers um and then you could have emulation after emulation after emulation of that synth and i think there there's an argument maybe to say that an emulation might not be entirely uh, verbatim correct to what it's trying to emulate but it might bring yeah. its own characteristics that actually you know what i quite like the fact that it's not quite right yeah, yeah. and it brings its own sonic palette to your mixing yeah and i think you're right there as well and when, when you say about using different synthesizers in that when it comes to actual mix down and everything's sort of when it comes out in the wash um because you can tweak and t- you can you can tweak these synth sounds and stuff and electronic yeah. music and like you said there, i mean I'm probably going to echo what you said there is i'll probably be corrected when i say this but i mean can you really tell what vst someone's used on a track someone's probably going to correct me now somewhere but
0: i i wouldn't have said so i mean nah. I, I i i i can't say i've ever listened to a track and you know immediately thought right that's that vst
1: mm. um, i know individuals who think they they might, I, I say, think, think might be the wrong word, but they can pick out which DAW someone's used. Like, I've had that conversation with. Yeah, I know, I've had that conversation before. They'll be listening to track. Oh, that was that was produced and mixed in Logic, or that's that Pro Tools, or I don't know, that's Reaper, that's Ableton. Um, I'm like, just just enjoy it. Don't try and like pick apart <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like what DAW they've used. You know, just enjoy the track for what it is. Um, yeah, but like, that, maybe that's why I'm different to different to others. Maybe. But Russell, I I've kept you on it for quite a while now. So what I want to move on to next is like just ask the questions. Like, what does the future hold for, for Russell Nash and uh, and your musical adventure?
0: Um, I mean, I'm, I'm 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 kind of wanting to go for, uh,
1: full full steam
0: ahead um, because I mean, but before before coming into this, I'd I'd actually stopped doing music for for a long time. Um, mm. Like I'd i I'd, I'd, I'd actually give stopped doing music for about five five or six years. Um, you know, I mean, I, I I would pick my guitar up from time to time and have a little strum, but like, you know, you're you're talking about a handful of times a year, so I don't know. Like, I, I guess I just kind of fell out of love with music for a while. Um, there was just kind of a lot of other stuff going on in my life, um, and I just kind of drifted away from it. But coming coming back to this, it's it's kind of it's it's just really really reignited the, the you know the passion for me. It's like it's going kind to of let that fire under my ass again. And, yeah. um yeah like I I'd, I'd, I'd really like to make something of it because like I, I kind of feel like um a lot of the projects I was involved with before always kind of they, they, they never they never reached their potential like um because I was I was in the uh, I was in like a glam punk band like uh like a lot a long time ago and um you know we we started doing all right like we, we but we're actually starting to get some pretty good gigs so I, I i got to support like a few bands that like you know that I, that that I enjoyed like um i, I don't know did do, do you know the band faster pussycat
1: yes yeah yep
0: Um, i i got to support them which for me was amazing because like mm-hmm. i mean I, I remember being you know 17 18 and like i i i, I used to like uh I used to like learn all their riffs, like just like playing along with the records and stuff like that. And like that, that was probably a big part of my, like my uh, guitar sounds because like, you know, a, a lot of the kind of riffs and stuff that I, that I used to write for like, you know, the, the hard rock bands that I was in were quite kind of bluesy and a lot of that came from that influence. So, so for me, that, that, that was amazing getting to support like a band like that. Um, and, which I think tough. And um, I supported them as well. And, um, love hate. And then I was supposed to support. I um, was supposed to be doing a, a gig with a Gun, but unfortunately, that 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 one fell through. But I lost my train of thought, now. I can't even remember where I was going with
1: this. But, <laughs> I think <laughs> you're talking about how uh, musical uh, musical were reaching their potential.
0: That was it. Yeah, that that yeah. was it. So, like, um, a lot of these bands that, like, you know, that, that I used to play, in, like, it always seemed to be when we were just starting to get somewhere that 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 was when it fizzled out because. Um, it was actually when I played the, the gig with the support in um, Tuff. We, we, we played support slots for Tough in Glasgow and Edinburgh. And um, the, uh, their, the manager of the other support band is also the manager for, I think, Lordy and Hardcore Superstar. And, wow. and, and he saw us and like he, he, he really liked us. And so he, he gave us his card and asked, him, asked us to, to send him a, a demo. Um, and you know that 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 could have been a big break. Um and then like I think it like about six months later, like we'd we recorded an EP and we were all set to like, you know, um to try and make something of that. And and then yeah, our singer got jailed for fucking beating up his girlfriend and the band split up. Oh wow. So that that was the end of that. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. Suffice to
0: say I don't I don't speak to him anymore. Um and yeah, like the same kind of thing happened with uh, the band I was in after that. Like, yeah, that kind of fizzled out when we were starting to get somewhere as well. So when I, I, I guess I really just wanted to, uh, for me, I, I really just want to kind of make something of this project. Um, yeah, like I'd, I'd really like to, to take this as far as it can go. I mean, I, I've got no, I've got no delusions of, of, uh, of grandeur. I mean, like, you know, we're, any genre as it is so i mean like even even the superstars of, of of our genre are still uh still uh making chump change compared to like you know the big the big hitters in the industry
1: yeah uh, yeah
0: but yeah like I, I mean it would i i definitely plan to to, to to just keep the keep the releases coming and just like see see where it takes me um i'm no promises but like i'm, I'm aiming to get another uh to get a russell nash ep out by the end of the summer um, oh wow that'd be good so like uh, like definitely an ep this time because like do or die started off as an ep but um i just kept on you know getting those moments of inspiration and i would write a new track and i would go like right okay i'll add this one and then that's it no more and then i would write another one and go like ah oh, kind of like that as well so right i'll add that one then that's it done I'll just release it, and then I'll i write another one, and then I'll right, okay. And that's how it kind of ended up being an album in the end. But um, no, this one will definitely just be an EP because, um, yeah, getting 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 those uh, getting those tracks over the line for the release just that fucking killed me. <laughs> I
1: yeah, I know, I know, I I share your sentiment on that. I, I struggle to get tracks over the line for an EP. To be honest, I keep I write <laughs> something, and I'm like, oh, it doesn't fit my EP idea, so I just release it as a single. And I keep releasing singles, thinking, right, yeah. I'll start the EP, and I just keep keep knocking out singles rather than an ep and i really just need to like put myself away for like a month and just finish well pretty much yeah finish yeah finish would be the right word finish an ep but no yeah. that's exciting mate to get another ep out that'd be good going i mean if you get another ep out before the summer that's that's pretty good the amount of music you've put out in the last sort of like eight or nine months or I as think you it's, mentioned
0: it's, i think it's the most prolific i've ever been mm, ever, it's impressive man right? um but uh, yeah, that, that that's the plan anyway. It'll pr- Probably just be three or four tracks. Like um, I, I don't I don't think I can stomach another al- another album yet. Like uh, mm. may- maybe maybe early next year I'll I'll, I'll kind of go again. I'll maybe try to get another album out. But um, no, I'm I'm really really disorganized. I think I think on release day for the album I think I rendered the final master at 11, 11 p.m. Wow! <laughs> like it's just uh, good like good. It, it was like. Uh, you know, like one of those like Raiders of the, the Lost Art films. You know, when, when Indy kind of rolls under like the, the cave door coming down, yeah, yeah, just enough time to grab his hat. Um, I, I think that was me, like just just getting it out, like in the last like half an hour of the release window. Um Wow, it's,
1: it's impressive though. That's so you you do the you do it's all in house then mix and mastery? Yeah, yeah. Fair play, man. It's good. It's good. That's the beauty of it, isn't it? With technology. The accessibility yeah. of it, as I was mentioned earlier, the fact you can do everything. Everything in one.
0: Yeah, no, I mean but like no like like I said though, I mean, like people like yourself and, and Tim, like um Derek from Midnight Fury, like I mean, if you if you listen to like the mixes that I was doing before you guys gave you know, gave, gave me all all those like tips and pointers, like um I mean the difference is night and day. Um so like you you guys were definitely a big, big, big part of me getting it over the line.
1: No, it's, it's great to hear man it's my pleasure to help out and it's it's cool to hear it because it's it's a quality release it's really really good stuff man and like the, the release power yesterday is really really good and I'm excited to hear what the EP sounds like
0: I'm thinking I'm, I'm thinking I'm thinking this EP I'm gonna go for more of a kind of more of a kind of funky sound
1: yes that sounds good I think it's always nice where you have like synth wave and then you sort of like bring in a slightly you pivot slightly and you bring in maybe a bit of funk or maybe you yeah. go down this slightly darker route you might bring in sort of like i don't know heavier guitars or yeah or, or just something slightly a subtle difference um so now i look forward to hearing that i'm well aware of the time now mate and i don't want to keep <laughs> you for too much longer but what i want to ask now is um where can our audience find you online um where are the best places to find you and your music and
0: um, well, Bandcamp's probably the best place. Um, all, all my stuff's on Bandcamp. I've got my stuff on SoundCloud as well. Get my music video is on YouTube. And like I, I've been saying this for months, but I will do it. Like yeah, uh, I I don't know why I keep putting it off. I, re- I really should do it, but like I am planning to put the whole catalog on Spotify as well. Mm. And I should really get on that. So yeah, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm on all of those platforms. And if you want to, you know, if you if, if you want to follow me on Twitter for some you know inane banter then was,
1: yeah uh, what i'll do is i'll put links to all those in the show notes so um whatever platforms and whatnot i strongly encourage if you haven't listened already is to go and listen to the back catalog on on bad Cap and support and also on soundcloud as well but now Russell mate, thanks for spending the time with me today it's been it's been great to pick your brains and and learn a bit about your journey from from where it all began into where you are now and hear that progression and and, and what the future holds mate so progress like so the releases are, are fantastic so just keep well, just keep lot, doing man. what you're doing mate just keep keep knocking out the tunes and making great music mate it's um and a big thank you for spending the time with me today
0: Nice, no, it's cool man my, my pleasure
1: hey mate all right mate i'll let you go and um i'll speak to you soon cool
0: man i'll catch you later
1: thank you so much for listening to the inside the mix podcast make sure to rate us everywhere you listen to podcasts including spotify Just a friendly reminder before you go, don't miss out on your free Test Master at Synth Music Mastering. Imagine enhancing your music with my dedicated commitment to quality and that personalized touch. And guess what? It's absolutely free of charge. So claim your free Test Master now at synthmusicmastering.com or click on the link in the episode description.